0: Damaged Goods Podcast. Just that that sick to your stomach feeling, those nerves, it's like knots in your stomach, you're nauseous, not a nauseous where like you've been drinking too much, or you're seasick and you want to throw up, but you want to throw up, you feel sick, but it's not a sick enough to throw up, so you're just stuck with this, this, this. Fucking pain in your gut that's really just a pain in your whole body, and these nerves kind of cripple you from doing anything. Uh, that's how I've been feeling basically since my book Quicksand came out. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. What better way to celebrate the release of my first book than feeling sick to my stomach from nerves? Um, but hey, Damage Goods Podcast, we deal with these things, right? Shake the fucking snake. Checking in solo, live and direct from Baja, Mexico. Um, I just put out my first book, Quicksand. I probably have talked about it on the podcast a little bit. I know I've read a couple chapters uh, a few episodes back here and there. It came out, and uh, I wanted—I didn't want to have a podcast come out the, the week it was out. I want to let it breathe and promote it. And, yes, if you follow me on social media, whether it's IG, Facebook, Twitter, and if you follow me on any social media, I always encourage you to follow me on Instagram. I'm funnier there. I feel like I'm able to convey my not only my sense of humor, but my intelligence, my perspective, things like that. Facebook, I do it because I got a lot of followers or friends or whatever they call them on there. And Twitter, same. Although I don't really like those mediums as much. But anyway, if you've been following me on any of those, I've been promoting the books for the last week. It's been out since Monday. Uh, and today is a Monday, so it's like eight days ago. I want to let it breathe a little bit. But yeah, I've been fucking sick to my stomach. Nervous, dude. Um, if you don't know, I I you know I was a musician, I was an artist, a musical artist, um, and I put a lot of personal shit into my music. And then obviously, when I went on to work for other musicians and bands and artists and shit like that, you know, I'm not my personal shit don't come into play. Podcasts I talk about personal shit on Rain the Real on Dash Radio, here and there I probably divulge some personal shit. But music I was always able to put out personal shit with no qualms. This book is different, man. Um, it's all true stories, and there's things in there and shit. I was nervous for people to read, not about me. Like I'm a pretty fucking open book, especially on here, dude. I talk about anything I want. It's about other people reading these chapters, these stories that might have them featured in it. And I changed all the names and shit like that. But if you if you're one of those people and you read it, you're gonna notice you. And there's some of my family is really just the family. It's not the non-family that I'm worried about. It's the family that I was worried about to read it is. Got me nervous as fuck, dude. My anxiety has been jacked up this last eight days more than it's been in years. And I've been having these knots and shit. I've been having to smoke weed, not to get high and enjoy that, but just to like settle my fucking stomach so I can eat and go about my day. Uh, it's It's been a little stressful, no doubt. And I know I should be excited and, and celebrate. And I did. Last Monday when it came out, I had a good day. I went surfing. I had delicious meals. I smoked, I drank, I hung out, and I had a good time. But... It's definitely you know, I'm I'm waiting for some people to read it. Like I said, dude, my grandmother, God forbid, my grandmother reads this book. I hope she doesn't. Christ, but she probably will. And my mother too. Nervous about it. But it's an incredible thing to um to be able to put stuff out like this. You know, my my artistic career has spanned a lot of different things, you know. And I'm very proud and happy about this book and everyone that's been ordering Quicksand, I thank you so much been available on Amazon now. Um, maybe when you hear this, maybe the week after, depending on the publishers, it'll be like Barnes & Noble, Kindle, ebook, select mom-and-pop bookstores. Um, Amazon is kind of the main spot right now, and I, I feel like that's how... I mean, I, I get a lot of my books from Amazon. I feel like that's a lot of people are going to get it from there. If you're the ebook or arcane real kind of motherfucker, I appreciate it. Just have a little patience, a little patience. It's going to be there. And Barnes and & Noble, and the mom-and-pop bookstores. Hey, dude, if you buy the fucking book from a bookstore, I double, triple, quadruple fucking love you. Because I love to go to bookstores. Um, in the recent years, yeah, I've been buying a lot of books, a lot of them used from Amazon, just out of the you know the convenience. But I do love bookstores, man. I love getting lost in bookstores. So if you happen to go to a select bookstore that carries quicksand by Jake Frazik, please fucking get it. I love it. Um, but it's, it's definitely at Amazon now. While you're in the in the listening periods of this podcast, hopefully you can get it. So I want to do a special whole damage goods episode about quicksand about the book, just to give it a little, I don't know, a little extra. What's the word? Right, pizzazz. That sounds corny as fuck. Uh, a little spice, a little flavor. That's corny as fuck. I just want to give it, and I wanted to enrich the book, right? Why, if I do a podcast, why wouldn't I have one episode like in conjunction with my fucking book? So yeah. Um I'm doing this, and I want to say thank you to everybody who's already ordered it. If you haven't, fucking order it, dude. A lot of people, uh, some friends of mine have ordered it, and I love that. And a lot of listeners of the podcast or fans have listened to it and ordered it, and I love that. Family members, I don't know. I had one of my cousins, who I love and fucking do. We used to sleep in the same bed together. Text me, hey, Snake, send me a book. Hey, blank, buy the fucking book. I love this, dude, but just do fucking $7.99. I wanted to make the book cheap and affordable so people would buy it. I didn't even make it 10 bucks, and you might see it on Amazon looking more expensive. If you click on the right one, it'll be $7.99 or some shit like that. But I wanted to make books affordable because I know it ain't the highest priority in your financial situations right now. And not, everybody reads, not everybody reads as much as they used to. But, yeah, you're my fucking cousin, dude. I know you can afford a $7.99 book that I wrote motherfucker, because you've been buying 79 nine nine a IPAs, APAs, <laughs> IPA beers and all that shit the breweries and shit you go to. I ain't gonna break your fucking wallet with this book, dude. And it's gonna last forever, dude, because it's, uh, it's shit that, I don't know, you're gonna soak the shit in, man. It's fun. You, hopefully you reread it, share it, give it to a motherfucker. I don't care. But yeah, uh, the support has been awesome and I'm very, very, uh, grateful, thankful, lucky. So thank you guys. Um, it's, it's, so I wanted the physical size of the book to be little. I don't know if y'all know what a moleskin's are. Moleskin, Hemingway used to write in a moleskin. When I used to be a musician, I wrote a lot of my rhymes and song lyrics and shit in moleskins. or are ideas, and a moleskin, there's different sizes, but the average size, the one Hemingway used, is very small. It'll fit in your jacket pocket. And when I lived in Boston, uh, New York, even when I moved to L.A., but more when I was riding the T or the train or whatever, subway, I'd have it with me, so some shit pops up in my head, boom, dude, I can fucking whip out the moleskin, and yes, I can put it in my phone. I know you can write shit in your phone. I do it all the time, but I liked writing it in the moleskin, and my fucking handwriting is like chicken scratch, dude. It's like goddamn hieroglyphics. No one's going to fucking find my or steal my moleskin and be able to decipher my shit, so I felt comfortable with it, but I really liked that, and I, I always really enjoyed having books that I could fit in like a jacket pocket, a big jacket, I guess, or a hoodie pocket or something, so I could take it with me and read it. So I really wanted to make it kind of that size, you know, fun size, travel size. But uh, the publisher we didn't have, they didn't have anything available for that size. It's small, but if maybe if it feels thin, so you know, if I repress it or reprint it, which I can, because I own the motherfucking rights, because I'm smart when I set my shit up. Uh, I wanted to be a little smaller, sort of like a Moleskin size, because I actually wrote a lot of the initial chapters and in some of the poems. Um, and there's a lot of shit I wrote that never made this book. You know, I you know, editing. Hey, editing. It's important. Do it. Less is more. A lot of shit I the initial stages I wrote in Moleskins. So I wanted to like kind of just pay tribute and also just give you guys something you could carry around. It's not a huge book, dude. This isn't the goddamn Encyclopedia Britannica or a Bible. You can still carry it around. Um, but yeah, like if I do it again or repress this one, I'm gonna shoot for a smaller size. Just out of the strength, man. Out of the strength. Uh, so I wanted to kinda of give you guys a little backstory about the cover photo, uh, the about the author photo. There's some illustrations in the in the book. It, not every chapter, but some. Give you the backstory on those. Kinda of talk about the moments. I didn't I didn't have chapters in this book. They are I, yes, I get it. They are chapters. But I just did my little artistic Jake the snizzle thing and I call them moments cuz this is a this is a non-linear book. If you don't know what that means, kind of sounds like what it sounds like it's not in chronological order. Some of my favorite movies and directors, and movies that so they cut back and forth, right? I mean, there's uh, musicians like John Lennon, Kirk Cobain. Uh, they would write music non-linearly and I always appreciated that. So, you know, I wanted to kind of do my book like that. And the, a lot of the stories are grounded in um, this three-year span that was like a, was a very painful time for me. It was like a love triangle, heartbreak, sadness thing, and how I was coping with it and getting out of it. There's a few chapters and shit that are from earlier times in my life, early in my childhood, but I found that like they tied in somehow. Uh, anyway... I just wanted to let it bounce around. It wasn't about, like, giving you guys this, like, story arc in the traditional sense. I wanted it to be like, well, you could pick up the book at any time and read a random chapter and enjoy it without having to have read the one previous or the one next, you know? Um, so I call them moments because these are all different moments that happened in my life. They are all tied together, at least in this book, by some underlying theme. Um but I wanted to call them that because that's what they felt like. And it, I dedicated the book to all my family and friends and people that inspired these moments. You know, And hey, man, anybody that is featured in this book, um, I'm not shitting on anybody, you know. I, I'm not taking a, a stance, a perspective, or anything. These are just stories. I'm just telling the stories. I mean, dude, I put, I, I'm put. not throwing anybody else under the bus. If anything, I throw myself under the bus, you know. I'm just being humble and and kind of... Uh, just showcasing how this shit went down in my life you know um so the cover photo the cover photo is a photo my father i believe took i'm a one years old and i'm a baby we're back in uh, montserrat which is in the west indies where i used to live before nevis and i'm in a presumably a bed uh with and dude i, I know i look probably older than one years old i had a fat ass head of hair, dude. Like. Three hours after I came out the motherfucking womb, I had a wig on my head, dude. So much dark hair. Anyway, um, I'm on a bed with uh, lots and lots of hundred dollar bills. You could tell that the old early '80s kind, too. Lots and lots of hundred dollar bills. And if you read the book, or if you know anything about me and stuff, like I mean, that isn't from a, uh, a bank withdrawal from a hedge fund manager's career or anything like that. But it uh, it kind of gives a little more of a it enriches the story, like I said earlier. And on the on the Polaroid photo, my mother in her handwriting had scribbled Million Dollar Baby, 1983. That was when it was. This is obviously well before the fucking Clint Eastwood movie. And uh, I don't know. I just It was like the illest photo. And I didn't even know about this photo. It's like two years ago. Not even two years ago. Probably a year and a half ago. And I was like, fuck, man. I don't even work on the book. And I had no idea what I was going to do for the cover. And I saw this photo. I, I think my... Grandmother, somebody gave it to me and I was like this is the most epic photo of my life how to I was almost mad at both of my parents respectively how you've never shown me this fucking photo a little baby and like thousands of dollars of hundred dollar bills around him you know anyway that's the cover photo uh there's also an about the author photo which my good friend Adam Amingual, who's also a damaged goods and Russian souvenirs podcast alum he snapped that um, Adam has snapped so many photos of mine over the years, from my music career, uh to a personal career and even like just helping him out with his photo shit. And I I always respected his eye and his art. And when it came time to like, you know, get a bath author photo, there's nobody else I was gonna go to. And so we just kept it funky in LA and kept it non pretentious, you know, 'cause that's man, I, I hate pretentiousness. And when anytime you put out a piece of art, at least me, I get worried, is it fucking pretentious? So, the photo we kind of kept like, like you know, mellow and low key, but writing the about the authors, like, uh, info about me and even like the book summary, that felt pretentious. I was so self conscious about it. I didn't want it to come off like, I don't know, I just don't want it to come off like a dickhead, dude. And I think my hang up with, with authors and books in the literary world is sometimes, even though I'm a huge reader, I always felt like there was a pretentious level to it. And I, uh, I think that may be something that might have turned off some people from reading. I mean, shit, dude, I didn't like reading until I was about 17 or 18. You know, my whole life I was force-fed books I didn't like, even though my grandmother was a public school English and history teacher and my mother's family was all very well-read and shit. I, uh, I just didn't like reading books. And when I was like 17 or 18, I read a book called There Are No Children Here by Alex Kotlowitz, which is about a couple brothers in the... Henry Horner Housing Projects in Chicago, and uh, the book just grabbed me, just arrested my attention right away, and I think my issue with reading before was, I was always told to read or forced to read books that just didn't bear any interest to in me, and I think a lot of kids, that's their issue, and I read this book, and I yes, I was meant to read it in school, but for some reason, it just sucked me right in, and I fucking loved it. And after that, I started reading books. But I found out there's books about shit I was interested in that would have grabbed my attention, that would enlighten things I cared about. And then I got into reading. So one of the things I also wanted to do with this book is I wanted to make sure it wasn't a, a super-duper hard read. It's not. A, it's an easy read, I would say. You could blow through this book pretty damn quick. I wanted to make it fun for anybody. If you are an avid reader, this is going to be a good book. And if you're not, it's going to be a good book that hopefully will encourage more reading. That's what I wanted. You know, I wanted... I mean, I I wrote it for everybody. It's not for just my audience. That sounds really pretentious, again, like I said. But I wanted people to, to get sucked into this book, man, to get into the shit and hopefully read some more. And so the next one I do will be Doper. Dude, look, I put out a lot of albums. I've worked for a lot of bands touring. I've been doing multiple podcasts, two different ones, over the last four years radio shows and shit like that. This is my first fucking book, dude, so cut me some slack if it's a little rough around the edges here and there. Next go-round, gonna be much smoother, dude. Uh, If you read the book, the chapters, I changed almost all the names. I mean, not mine. I think there's maybe two people's names I didn't change, and that was per their request. I changed the names just, I don't know, I read a lot of Bukowski, right? Henry Chanasky is not Charles Bukowski's name, but that was his name in the books. Now, I'm still Jake in the fucking books, dude. I'm still Jake Fransick, Jake the Snake, Jay the S, whatever. But I changed everyone else's names kind of just out of respect and just to make it a little more interesting, a little more fun for me, and also fun for those people. Like, when they get to read it, they're going to find out it's them or not. Like, you know, I want them to play a little detective with it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I think that's, I don't know, I think that's kind of interesting. That's me just taking a little more... um, Detail, a little more care, a little more caution, you know what I'm saying? Uh, and people have been asking me, yeah, yeah, you know, the ebooks are coming, shit. What's up with an audiobook, Snake? What's up with an audiobook? Audiobooks coming, dude. You know, initially, publishers were like, oh, yeah, we got people that do the audiobooks all the time, and you know, you get them to do this and that. And I was like, nah, 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 dude. I host a fucking podcast, I host a radio show. People enjoy hearing me talk. At least I hope they do. At least if you're listening, I hope you fucking do. But, I want to read my book. I mean, it's my words, and these aren't fictional tales, dude. This is shit I've lived. Who's going to tell it better? So I'm doing an audiobook, obviously, myself, but I want to let the the print book and the digital version breathe a little bit. It's coming soon. Don't worry. It's coming soon. It'll be cheaper than the physicals, I hope. I, I doubt they're going to jerk me on that. Either way, that'll be fun to listen to, too. There's books I've bought in the physical copies of and enjoyed and then purchased the audio books of. Um, but it'll be better because it's me reading the shit, dude, not just some fucking paid actor or actress or voiceover motherfucker in Hollywood, which is fine if that's what you do. I'm not knocking you motherfuckers. Um, anyway, <laughs> uh, so the moments, the chapters, I want to give a little bit backstory on those without giving away shit. There ain't no spoiler alerts. This isn't an in-depth fucking set of cliff notes, but just a little sum-sum. And then uh, I'll kind of talk about the illustrations I did in the book. Um... So yeah, the moments, uh, the first one, first moment, first chapter is called Urine Trouble. But it's spelled like urine, like pee, like piss. Urine Trouble. Uh, if I talk any more about it, it's going to give it away. So just fucking go read that one. That sets it off. The Mother and the Whore. Um, that comes from my experience in the realm of psychoanalysis. I almost, almost, I was one goddamn one semester away from my master's degree in psychoanalysis. I really, really respect and love psychoanalysis. Uh, When I went into therapy, and there's different kinds of therapy, psychoanalysis is one kind, but when I went into it, it really helped and changed and saved me in some ways, and I did it for years and years, and uh, I eventually went to school, the Boston Graduate School of Psychoanalysis, Brooklyn Mass., Um, and then something that one of my therapists had kind of broken down to me, in our sessions many times over, there's this concept of the mother and the whore, which is something I guess men deal with more. Um, and it's where men kind of compartmentalize what a woman represents to them, and, and sometimes they compartmentalize it because they love a woman that's kind of like their mother, loving and caring and nurturing and wholesome and pure and awesome. They could respect her and they would marry her and have kids and breed with her and take her home to meet the family. And then there's this other sexual drive that they can't seem to have overlap with the mother, and that's the whore. And neither of these mean literally mother or whore. Not that women are mothers or whores, but this is what the concept is. It's a Freudian concept, uh, and it's because you know you sexualize this other woman, or she sexualizes your relationship with her, and you, you like you like her, you love her even, and you know you have this crazy relationship, but you can't look at her the same way as a woman you'd maybe want to raise your kids or, or marry or bring home, because some of the things you do with her or like about her, you don't think are the valuable qualities of a woman that would be the mother of your children. I'm not saying this is right or wrong either. I'm just explaining the concept, so don't jump down my throat. Anyway, The Mother and the Whore. That's the second chapter, the second moment. Third one, Head Games. Foreigner, the band Foreigner. Love Foreigner. Got a lot of the records at home. Terrific band. They have a song, Head Games. It's kind of a... Comical title to the to the moment to the chapter. If I say any more, again, it's going to give it away. Sinister minister. For those who don't know, your boy Jake the Snake is an ordained minister. I've married some people. This chapter is about me uh, at a wedding, marrying my friend and his woman, and some craziness that goes on afterwards on my behalf. Hence, sinister minister. The fifth moment or chapter is called the Genesis. Um, this chapter is. It's very instrumental to the rest of the book, but the hardest one for me to write, and it's the one that's got me the most shook and sick to my stomach for people to read, well, certain people. And um, I couldn't really think of what to title this book. It sets off a, a kind of a character trait I carried for a lot of my adult life. Not a good one either, that I've hence grown out of or evolved from or was able to change, but I talk about how it started, and it started when I was young, but didn't really... Translate Manifesto. I was older, and I didn't know what to call this chapter. One of my favorite albums of all genres of music, Illmatic, Nas. First song is called The Genesis. So I don't know, I just thought of that it was a good title. Sixth the moment, sixth chapter is called The Player Hater's Ball. You like Dave Chappelle? Maybe the best comedian of all time? Of course, mine too. Chappelle Show, maybe the best comedic show ever. Um, Player Hater's Ball is a great skit on there. This kind of uh, helped describe what I was talking about in this moment, this chapter. Crabs in a bucket, pariahs, leeches. Somebody's, you know, bringing you down. Play a hater's ball. It's kind of a funny way to talk about it. A bunch of people hating on shit. The moment, number seven, chapter seven, the free unknown. Something uh, I really loved about learning to experiment with substances. Mind-altering substances. I felt free. Even though it was in an unknown realm I was going to. An unknown realm, if I slurred my words. Unknown. I didn't know where I was going mentally, but I liked it. I felt free and relaxed. So this kind of tells that backstory. The eighth moment, or eighth chapter, is uh, stick to your guns. Dude, your boy Jake the Snake, huge commitment phobe. It's a fucking tough thing for me to commit to shit. This, this kind of story talks about the ability to commit to things. Even if I looked at somebody doing something I didn't agree with, But if I was able to really look at it and say, well, fuck, this motherfucker over there committed. They're doing some shit. And I'm over here shook as fuck. Whether that's committing to a a girl or a career or a job or just what the fuck am I going to eat for supper. Always been a hard one for me. (coughs) Rule two. Rule two is the ninth moment, ninth chapter. I can't give any more of that one away. Just read it. Number 10. Chapter 10. Moment 10. Thorogood. George Thorogood. Like the musician. He has a song, I Drink Alone. So I named that chapter after George Thoroughgood, Thoroughgood, because it involves me drinking alone and getting into some mischief, to say the least, in Camden, New Jersey. Yeah, glorious Camden. Moment number 11 is called Breakfast. Again, got to rate it. Uh, moment 12, Quicksand, in parentheses, Shaken Not Stirred. That's like the, the title chapter. Uh, I, Dude, being a musician, so many albums have a title song. I've never really paid attention as much as I read if books have a title chapter. Like the book is named, I don't know, whatever, and there's a chapter in the book named after the the whole title of the book. I don't know if that happens, but I did it on this one. And I put shaken, not stirred in in, uh, parentheses because if you read it, you'll understand why the fuck I said shaken, not stirred. Moment number 13, Baywatch. Uh, I grew up by the ocean in the Caribbean. Swimming is a big deal for me. Surfing, obviously, now is a big deal for me. The ocean, water, fucking lakes, rivers, all that shit. I like, all, I like pools, too. Don't like the chlorine, but I like pools. Um, now my mother taught me how to swim, and this chapter kind of talks about that and gives a little more uh, info as well. So I called it Baywatch. You know the show? David Hasselhoff, Pam Anderson. What's the other bra- uh, woman's name? <laughs> Yasmin Bleeth, which I always wondered if it was a real name or not. Anyway. Moment number 14, the two-headed alligator. Uh, a friend of my family, my parents, rather, in Nevis, is dude Henry, he told me this crazy story about the two-headed alligator. It's not like a literal story. It's not like a two-headed alligator roaming the fucking swamps. It's metaphorical, dude. It's figurative. Uh, but it pertains to a story of me and my stepsister and her boyfriend, who's one of my best friends, uh, surfing and camping in Baja, Mexico. Moment number 15 is called The Worst. That's dedicated to yours motherfucking truly. Moment 16 is called Pals. Two things that are intertwined, you know. Um, some things that we seem to think are so opposite are actually sometimes more closely related or intertwined than we thought initially. Moment number 17, suck a lychee. A lychee you know what a lychee is, the fruit? You ever go to like a Korean restaurant, or Asian restaurants? Um, when I was young, my mother... Some of my aunts would always say, Succalichi, when they would take a picture. Like, you know how people say, Cheese, say cheese. Apparently, allegedly, I said, Succalichi instead of cheese once. So my mother would always say, Succalichi, when I was trying to take a photo. It was very applicable to the story I wrote here. Um, And it was a nice way to, like I said, I like to tie in things from my youth into these adult things, because they are all intertwined. 18, number 18, trustworthy. Who's trustworthy? What's trustworthy? Uh, At least the older I grow, not as many things are. So I talk about what is in this one. Moment number 19. Hear no evil, see no evil. Helen Keller. I want to say she's from Massachusetts. I could be completely wrong. Damaged goods. We don't fact check enough. Let's just go ahead and say that I'm correct and that Helen Keller's from Mass. Anyway, I kind of made a little reference to her in this. It has to do with, yes, not seeing or hearing certain things, but it's Deeper than that. <laughs> and the last chapter, or last moment, number 20 Lazarus Taxon. If you don't know, me and my boy Evil Earn, incredible producer. He produces the intro song to Damage Goods. Him and I had a group years ago called Lazarus Taxon. Uh, he did all the production and beats, and I did the vocals, played guitar, on a couple tracks. A uh, Lazarus Taxon is a species once thought to be extinct, but then it kind of finds its way back into the world. And, and, gets back. It means comeback, basically. And that was a big deal to us when we did the music. And it was a very appropriate title f- uh, for this last moment, this last chapter. So those are those. Uh, as far as the illustrations go, I had plans to have um, somebody, a super ill artist that I'm tight with, do some illustrations in the book. And he was going to kind of do what I ended up doing. Taking uh, photos of mine from my different parts of my life, but mostly my youth he just kind of resketch him and illustrate him in his ill way. But he had a lot of personal shit going on, which I'd get. Dude, it's fucking life. Talking to a guy who has a ton of personal shit going on. That's what the fucking book was. Uh, and it was just taking a long time. And I really wanted to get this out. And I didn't want to keep pushing it off and pushing it off. And I used to, believe it or not, I used to draw paint a lot when I was a kid. My grandparents were great artists. That's where I got it. And uh, I just figured, you know what? Fuck it, snake, man, why don't you tap back into what you used to have? I granted, my sword ain't that sharp, but I I, I resketched all these photos myself, and uh, they're in the book. There's a few different ones uh, in certain chapters. Not every chapter. I just didn't want to overdo it. Plus, dude, like I said, my sword ain't that sharp, so I'm not trying to fucking get all Picasso with it. But there's photos of me and my mother back in Nevis. There's a photo of my father and I, and I don't have a lot of photos of him and I together. I have like two. But one of them is back in Nevis in the West Indies. There's there there's, uh illustration of me and my stepsister, Tasia, walking into the ocean to surf with our boards. There's a sketch of uh, of, of Nevis of a beach. There's a, one of me passed out, drunk or fucked up or tripping or something on the ground. Yes, I'm sleeping on the ground. Uh, illustrations of me at the radio show at Dash Radio, doing what I do, and uh, other ones, dude. Um, and it was... It was kind of scary to do these because I was like, fuck, man. This was not what I intended. I was going to have someone better do it. But I just wanted to get shit done. So in a way, I'm actually kind of happy because it made me very self-sufficient. Other than the photo that my boy took in the about the author section and the cover photo, I I did most of the shit myself, which feels good. Um, who's to say if you guys think the fucking illustrations are good or not? That's up to y'all. When you guys fucking get the feedback, I'll learn. But it felt good to do that. Um You know, I don't know, man. Doing it all by yourself sometimes feels good. And actually, as I talk to you guys on this podcast, I feel a little better. I feel less stressed out until my fucking family reads this shit. But uh, you guys, I definitely want you guys to read this shit. It's fucking funny. Read it again. If you bought a book, send it to your fucking friend. Give it to your friend. Um, Fuck, you run into me, you see me, I'll sign some. I might even sign some and sell some off the website. But uh, definitely definitely check out Quicksand by Jake Frazik. I'll spell my fucking last name because you know what? No one can spell my last name, let alone pronounce it. I grew up with like like all kinds of different kids. Their names was easy to pronounce. Like what They didn't care if it was an Irish last name, a Latino last name, Italians, black kid last names. Dude, I had this Polish last name. Nobody could fucking get it. My teachers, my goddamn Little League coaches, everybody fucks it up. So I'm going to spell it for you. If you're looking for the book Quicksand, yes, I spell Quicksand normal. It's by Jake Frazik. F-R-A-C-Z-E-K. Amazon. Soon, it'll be a Barnes & Noble, Kendall, ebook, mom and pop bookstores, the whole fucking nine. I'll be selling them as well myself. Probably autographing them, as long as I don't get carpal tunnel. Check it out. And uh, you know what? I've been nervous as fuck. And this is perfect because it ties into the ad you're about to hear. Uh, elite Botanicals, who does uh, elite CBDs, and they are the best CBDs in the fucking world, dude. Elite Cannabis Company out of Colorado. These guys are the best. I've been taking the fucking Elite Botanical CBDs during this stressful week. And it's been the only thing that's actually been keeping me from throwing up in my fucking mouth with nerves. So hopefully I feel a little better after the podcast. I hope you guys dig it. Enjoy the book. I got regular episodes coming back next week. But I just want to give you a little backstory to this shit. Any questions, man? Hit me up on, uh, you know, social media. If you know me personally, dude, fucking text me. If you know me personally and you've tried to like reach out to me via social media, then I'll be offended. Text me, dog. Don't call me though. Don't call me. <laughs> but if not, dude, hit me on any social media. Ask me questions. I'm usually pretty good at responding. I appreciate it. My voice is fucking hoarse, dude. I've been surfing for the last two weeks and uh, drinking out loud in the in the sun. So thank you guys. Quicksand's available now. And enjoy that shit. Get your literary shit on, man. Culture yourself. All right, y'all. This episode of the Damaged Goods Podcast is brought to you by Elite Botanicals. And now from Elite Botanicals comes Elite's Health and Wellness CBD Soft Gels. 75, that's right, 75 milligrams per capsule. All cannabinoid-rich hemp plants cultivated, extracted, and formulations completed by elite botanicals in their farms and in their labs to ensure that you are receiving the highest quality product. In addition to the 75 milligrams of active compounds from the organic whole plant hemp extract— Their gel caps are formulated with refined organic hemp seed oil with over 77% of essential fatty acids. This includes 400 milligrams of omega-6, omega-3, and omega-9 in a perfectly balanced ratio per capsule. I'm on tour with Slayer. I jacked my leg up skateboarding a few days before, my knee and my leg, killing me. I, I use CBD stuff. I tend to find it works sometimes for me, helping with pain. It's killing me out there. I get this elite botanical shit. Boom. Dude, really works. Not snake oil like a lot of these other brands. You're getting 75 milligrams per capsule. Like, I actually felt it go away so I could do my dang job. You buy some of these. You might buy a 100-milligram bag of CBD gummies. You're piecing that out, what, 20 milligrams per day, five days. It's not doing anything, especially if you're a big guy. You need more milligram dosage. This is the most affordable brand with this in a high Concentration and it works. I swear and buy it. That's why it's here as a sponsor. Elite Botanicals. Check them out at elitebotanicals.com or your leading retailer.